to the Mission LHC podcast, where you'll hear real conversations with a married couple that are on a mission to help other couples as they learn to love, honor, and cherish each other in all stages of marriage. My name is Heath Yearwood. And I'm Amanda Yearwood. And thanks for joining us as we laugh together and share our story together in hopes that we can be an encouragement to you. Well, welcome back to part two with the Hepton Stalls. We've got Andrew and Tracy here with us sharing their hearts and their stories, and we want to continue with their love story now. Well, you know, we talked about kind of your lives and kind of how God had brought you to this point, and y'all both were aware of each other, just kind of a summary, y'all... Uh, had some common people there, whether it was uh, Tracy's dad that was a youth pastor or Andrews that was the uh, assistant principal at the time. So y'all's paths had crossed. Andrew, you said you were friends with her brother. Mm-hmm. Um, so she's just a little sister right now. <laughs> but uh, tell us about now, how did this relationship come about? Um, so me and the girl I was dating, uh, we broke up. Is this the puking? This, yeah. this, this was the, uh, yeah, this was the bad situation. <laughs> so we broke up, and I uh, I go up to my dad's school, because we were literally right down the road from, my high school and his high school were right down the road from each other. I could I could probably walk to his school. But uh, I would drive over to his school during lunch, because uh, he would always pay for my lunch, so I get to save I, I my money. Understand. And, and I'm sure you checked out just like you were supposed to. Well, seniors in high school, in. we did have a lot more flexibility. Did you have an open lunch period. Yes. Yeah. So seniors were able to leave, and I was a senior, so I, I would just leave. And and their lunch was really good too. Like they didn't have the typical like county school lunches. They get to do their own thing because it was a Votech school, so it was usually a lot better. But I would go sit at the table with my dad. And Tracy would always sit at the faculty table instead of with <laughs> so all the other kids. Were you the teacher's pet? Uh, yes. I mean, not exactly. Yes. <laughs> well, let's say you you were sitting in the office talking to the assistant principal. You're yeah. now eating at the faculty table. So I had friends too. Okay. okay. They were just all in their thirties. Thirty. Yeah. Andrew felt it. Yeah. <laughs> so I would come and and you we thought said, she was a sub. You <laughs> you thought you thought she was the old. When you yeah. was a cougar, no, right? actually, he thought I was a little younger. He uh, thought I was a little younger than I actually was, too. So I, I would, um, we started kind of talking a little bit at the school, and you know, it's casual, nothing, nothing real serious. And I think over time, I started kind of getting attracted to her and, and enjoyed our conversations and things. Well, it came. I, I actually bet a friend of mine that I could get her number. And this so, sounds like a movie that you would have seen. It was almost a dare or something. You know, we've seen movies on this, but yeah. I think it was. I kind of put the dare out there just to kind of push myself to ask. Yeah, and I'm like, hey, you think I can get her number? And he's like, I don't no think way. so. And he's like, all right, bet. And so I, I was walking her to her math class, and and I got her number. But I also asked if she would like to go um, see a movie with me, as yeah, like a just a date or whatever. And she said she would, but I would have to ask her dad for permission, which I have never, out of every girl I've ever dated in my life, ever had to ask dad for permission for the first date. And uh, I've heard you tell that story a little bit, how from the freedom that you had been having and the girls that you had dated that you didn't have to ask parents or whatever. Mm-hmm. So now it's it would have been easy for you to have ran in the opposite direction at this point, but... <laughs> Now it's more of that challenge, I think. So it, it was definitely um, 
a challenge. So I, I call it up her dad. Um, he's my youth pastor. I call him to this day. I still call him brother Steve. Um, so I called up brother Steve and I said, brother Steve, I want to ask Tracy out to go on a date with me to go see a movie. And I want to see if that's okay with you. And he said, sure. Um, just tell me who's chaperoning. And so now like, <laughs> <laughs> it's got even more uh, intense. I'm like, again, I've never dated anybody ever who have had to have chaperone. So um, we ended up going on a date and her brother was our chaperone. He was supposed to be his, her brother and his, her brother's girlfriend. Well, the brother's girlfriend had to back out for some reason. So now it's just me, Tracy, and her brother. And he was annoying the whole time. So that, that was our first date. He's older than you, right, Tracy? Yes. yes. You're, you're now, is this the brother that you were hunting with? Right. And already but, yeah. but the the dynamic was a lot different when I'm dating his sister. So. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Did he bring that gun out to clean it while you were with his sister? No, he, just he would stick his head in between us, and he, he'd just do anything he could just aggravating. to be annoying and aggravating the whole time. So, Well, you also got to realize that you wonder about this. Did her dad know the things you were doing at the time? Had he ever heard any of that? And Tracy's shaking her head no, that he didn't. And But did your brother? I don't really think fully. Um, I mean, I'm sure that they probably talked about it a little bit, but I really don't think he really fully so, understood either. So you kind of had a almost a, a, a double life, Andrew, the, the one yeah. that they knew and the adults knew, but then the one that was uh, behind the scenes. Which is not really outrageous for any of us if you think <laughs> no. about it. Most people do have two versions just to kind of i mean this is kind of embarrassing to talk about now but to even talk about how deep it went um i had my tongue pierced at one time and so i I think i was 15 16 i got it pierced um that's a long that's a long way from south alabama so it all happened i I was i'm quite king i'm going to tell you What's wrong with this guy? No, it was terrible. I, I was dating a girl, and, and this is why I live in a mobile, and she wanted to get her belly button pierced, but she was afraid, and she said, I'll get it if you get something pierced. And I said, I don't, what am I going to get pierced? And she's like, get your tongue pierced. You can hide it. I don't know why I thought that was a good idea, but I'm like, okay. And we went to the most sketchy, is legitimately a biker's basement. It was like a single light bulb hanging in a room, and he pulled out, and he pierced my tongue. And I hid that for over two years from my parents. My parents never knew wow. I had my tongue pierced. They had they, One time, they almost caught me and, and told me to stick out my tongue because they said I was talking different, and, and I'd taken it out a moment previous because we was just about to eat, and I would take it out before I'd eat. And so I didn't have it in, and so I didn't get caught. I was walking her to class one day, and we just finished eating lunch, and I was putting my tongue ring in, and she didn't say anything. She just looked at me, and uh, it was like one of those moments where I realized she's not the kind of girl that dates dudes with tongue rings. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I honestly, from that, I took the, I took it out that day. And this, is it it, it's, it's <laughs> this is for my braces. It's for my braces. Orthodontics. Yeah. I was just in shock. I was like, what? So I, I hit a tongue ring for two years from my parents. I, I, I don't know. I wouldn't. I don't know why that's a good thing, but I was able to hide things really well from people. Right. Yeah. <laughs> So, all right, so you went on the double date. Brother is, you know, kind of aggravating you being like the brother with it there. So move on from that point. Um, well, we dated, I don't know how long we'd been together at this point, maybe a few weeks. 
I don't know when it was that the proposition was brought up, but basically we hadn't shared a kiss yet. And um, we had been dating for a period of time. And again, who I was and the relationships I've been in, by this point, kissing has already happened. And and so she had told me, she said, um, I've been doing a lot of praying. And she said, I, I feel really convicted. I don't, I don't want to kiss until my wedding day. And so that was, that was a real kind of kick in the shins because I'm thinking this, like, I, it's just a kiss. Like in my mind, it's, it's just a kiss. What's right. the big deal? Um, How old were you, Tracy, about this time? When 16. 16. Yeah. So I, I was 17, mm-hmm. I guess. So I'm, I'm really contemplating like, why is this a big deal? Like it's just a kiss. And I told her, I was like, I'm really going to have to think about it and, and pray about it. I didn't give her an answer immediately. And so I took, took some time. I talked about it and prayed about it. And uh, the, the Lord convicted me so hard. He said, for years, you've asked girls to lower their standards for you. Now I'm giving you a girl. I'm asking you to raise your standards to hers. Ooh. And it was one of those moments where I was like, basically, the question was, is she worth it? And uh, I... I came away from that saying, yeah, she's worth it. And so we made that decision to uh, to wait till our wedding day for our first kiss, which I'm not going to lie. I tried, to, <laughs> I tried to set up situations. A lot of and, mistletoe. Hey, look right there. Look right there. Uh, oh, she tried to turn around on you. I mean, a lot of, a lot of sitting on on truck beds underneath the moon. Yeah. yeah. We ate a lot of ice cream to cool things down. Yeah, so I like when things would feel like the pressure was there, we would go get ice cream or something. I'm going to tell you, I've heard, when I heard that story, I was almost in shock. Now, I've heard of people waiting about certain things, but kissing, I had never heard anyone that, that took the purity to that level. And when I first heard that, I was like you, Andrew. I was thinking, my gosh. <laughs> I mean, especially from where you had been living and what yeah. you had been doing. And, you know, I, that tells you it had to be a God thing. For First of all, for you to know his lifestyle once you kind of got to know him. For you to be willing to, now I'm not, I'm not even going to kiss you. Mm-hmm. And so, all right, so y'all made that decision. So, and you tried everything in the world, like you said. We're, we're typical guys with things. Right. But uh, so, moving forward. Well, I don't know. You, I don't remember the time frame. There's almost two deal breakers in our, in our relationship. There was that one, the, the whole waiting till marriage. And then there was another time where um, she, she said, I, I, I feel led to be a pastor's wife. Like that was something she confided in me. She said, I feel really convicted. I, I want to be a pastor's wife. I feel like that's what the Lord's prepared me to be. I had no desire to be in ministry. Like, <laughs> I'm going to find you another guy. Hold on, I'll be looking. <laughs> that was pretty much my response. I said, I'm wasting your time, and you're wasting my time. Like, yeah. I'm not going into ministry. And this whole time, she had been praying behind the scenes, obviously, for, for me and, and God's purpose in my life. But I honestly did not have any aspirations to be a pastor. Um, my dad was a youth pastor. I saw how churches treated him after the divorce, and they basically black labeled him. You know, he couldn't serve and be active anywhere because, you know, he had the Scarlet D on his name. Mm-hmm. I saw what it did to my granddaddy. My granddaddy was a pastor for all of my life and and longer. And I seen where he would come down from. He pastored in multiple places in North Alabama, so 
Say, for instance, he was at Anniston, Alabama, pastoring there at one time. He would come all the way down to Panama City, pull his luggage out of his car, get a phone call. Some member in his church died. He'd put the luggage back in his car and drive all the way back up to North Alabama. And so I saw how it took family time away from him. And I just had no desire. And so I was pursuing electrical work. I was going to be an electrician of some sort. Mm -hmm. And, uh, well, that all changed. Um, There was a World Changers camp we went to. Uh, one summer with a youth group, and it was in Dothan, Alabama, and it was a Wednesday night. And I remember in that Wednesday night worship service, God speaking directly, like if he, if, like if he was in the room with us, he spoke to my heart, and he said, Andrew, open your eyes. And I remember opening my eyes, and I seen all these teenagers raising their hands and worshiping. And uh, he just said so clearly, he said, you're going to go and be a youth pastor. And I went down front, and I found her dad. I found my dad. My dad was a chaperone at this camp, and I went and found them both, and I told them, like, God's going to make me a youth pastor, and I was crying and bawling. Well, you know, before all that happened, I already told her I wasn't going to youth ministry, but she was telling me I'm going to be a pastor's wife. So all of this was kind of like moving behind the scenes. I had no desire, but yet God, he, he put that call on my life. And so here we are now, years later, pastor. She's a pastor's wife. <laughs> yeah. So you were uh, uh, prophetic that you were able to see that. But, you know, my when you talk about not wanting that, that wasn't what you call for. Uh, I've shared many, many times about Amanda being a Proverbs 31 wife. And my mama would tell me these things like, I'm praying for that. Well, I was that young, typical boy with some of the same things that you're talking about. I didn't want a Proverbs 31 wife. I, why are you even telling me this, mother? But I'm glad that she had that prayer because the prayers that you were praying to be a pastor's wife, God knew that that was what you were destined to be. Yeah. And he knew that. God knew that Amanda and I would be together. But I always look at it, and I think God's up there, and I've shared this before. He, We're like pieces to a puzzle. That he's moving this one almost like a you've seen like a pinball machine where it hits one stopper and it knocks it to the other side to move around. I think our life's that way, and there's things that's put in front of us that if we're you know we, we're just bouncing around a lot of times. But in order to get to where we're supposed to be, I'm thankful that God puts things in our lives to move us. So you now have been there. Had you already changed a lot of your habits at this point? Yeah. I- at first, it was pretty sudden, but there were some moments where I went back to some old habits and ways. And you know, I wish I could say it was like a clean cut, like one and done. Small to Paul. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it, I did struggle a little bit. It, it did eventually. I did eventually kind of pull away from all those vices and those problems. You know, I'm not happy to admit that my very first date with her, um, I had gotten high before I come on a date. And so we went on a date, and here she is dating this boy that has a tongue ring and is high on her very she first She thought date. she was very funny, though. <laughs> just I totally giggling. didn't know. Um, it was probably good that I didn't know what a high person looked like. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, I do remember them talking and saying stuff like, you were, you said a lot of weird stuff. And, and like, <laughs> I do remember them commenting on, on like stuff I was – I don't know if it was just nerves or what it was. I don't know why. I honestly don't. I don't know if it was just my flesh trying to sabotage something that, you know, that the spirit wanted. I don't know. Um, but I, I think that was probably the last time I ever had ever went right. got high was that moment. So that was, I wish I could say that was, hey, we're good. We're never had a problem again. But it was very shortly after that when me and Tracy, our relationship really did get serious. I, I didn't have any aspirations to do anything 
from my old life. That's awesome. Yeah. So tell me about uh, how did your marriage proposal came about, and then about how old were y'all when you got married and so forth. You, you want me to say marriage proposal? Because there's well, a lot of things leading up to that. Oh, yeah. Um, so we dated three and a half years, which is a long time to wait for a kiss. <laughs> no sugar. Just saying, yeah. Uh, so, I didn't yeah. know you was a diabetic. You had no sugar. <laughs> we, we laugh because we actually read this book while we were dating called Passion for Purity. And she uses an analogy talking about chocolate. And she's like, you know, people who've never experienced chocolate never have a craving for chocolate. And she's using that about... Uh, intimacy and, and, right. and stuff like that. And so I'd always tell her, it's like, you just never had chocolate before, you know, but that was kind of like our inside <laughs> joke. But, but like in my defense, it wasn't that I didn't want to have a, a physical connection with someone. It was just, I had been praying for what God wanted for me. And so even before we like started dating and stuff, I had come to a point where dating and the idea of dating or having a relationship, it had just kind of consumed me. And that's all I was thinking about. And God like really convicted me over that. And so I was at a point where I said, God, I'm just going to wait. I'm going to wait for your timing. I'm going to wait for what you have. And about that time was when he also was in that moment of the relationship with the girl that he knew he shouldn't be in. And so I was at a point of coming to a place where I was content with God and knew, you know, exactly who I was in Christ. And and he was enough. God was enough. And he was at that point of being broken over what he had been through. And so in that moment where I wasn't even looking anymore was when God brought this person into my life that I wasn't even expecting. He had a baby face and looked innocent, and it wasn't all that it looked to be. But I had this list, and I had this idea of what I thought I wanted in my head um, and literally had a list. And at the top of my list was, you know, that he had saved himself for marriage, too, and all of that. And when Andrew shared the things that he had been through with me in a way that um, was just open and honest and raw, that wasn't something I could hold against him. Mm-hmm. But it was something that God, had I just kept that list in those things, I would have missed out on a whole lifetime of what God had for me. Right. So I wasn't lowering my standards, but in the middle of all of that, it wasn't that I didn't want the hugs or the kisses or whatever. And we did hug. <laughs> but um, it was that... God was guiding me, and He knew what Andrew had been through, and He knew where I hadn't been. And even though I did long for that relationship, I also longed for purity. And God knew that to maintain the purity that we needed in our relationship, that that part of physical contact needed to wait till after marriage because of what all He had already been through. <laughs> so I was just trying to be led by the Holy Spirit. You know, and that brings up a point. So, Tracy, when you're talking to young girls that maybe they've made some poor choices and different things, Kind of how you were willing to accept his mistakes and things that he had done and was able to move beyond that. What's some advice you tell people that have made poor choices before? And, you know, like, like would you tell a, a young girl if you're talking to them or, or a young boy that's been living a, a, a life of, you know, pleasure and then all of a sudden, but, you know, if you hadn't have been praying, in seeking God's guidance like you. And I think that's the key. Mm -hmm. Prayer, because God was able for you to be that, I guess, the standard that Andrew needed to raise himself up to Mm -hmm. and what you kind of were convicted. That's God's words coming right in there. But what would you tell to a young person, you know, if they've made mistakes in the past? That you don't have to stay stuck in your mistakes. Just because you've 
made those mistakes doesn't mean that you have to continue to make those mistakes. Um, there's forgiveness, there's love, and, and God wants better for you. He wants more in your life, and He has a bigger and better plan than to be stuck in that same cycle of um, hurt and harm. And it does. Every time you give away yourself before marriage and every time you give too much of your heart to someone over God, you're giving away pieces that were meant for God and your husband. Mm -hmm. And you don't have to continue to do that. There can be healing, there can be hope, and there can be restoration for future things that God has for you. And it's bigger and better than the situation that you're in. You know, it wasn't really the angle I was thinking about we were going with this, but we deal so much now at school, society, things that we're seeing everywhere. Everything is almost being accepted with everything. You know, relationships. Like, I've always said this, and this sounds stupid. We've always been dogs as men. Yeah. But the girls used to have more of the morals, the standards that you needed across the board. And thank the goodness that we did have that. But now it's starting to change a whole lot. Girls are pursuing guys just as much as guys are pursuing girls. Mm -hmm. Social media paints this picture that you are the freak. You know, if what you did back then, not kissing and all that. Social media, somebody would have posted something about this, probably run you in the ground about it and different Weirdo. things. Weirdo and all this stuff. Then the people that you had had a relationship in the past with, somebody would have commented somewhere, well, you, he thinks he's better than us now, blah, blah, blah. It's amazing what kids have to deal with now. Right. And you probably, in ministry, you probably talk to a lot of people that, I mean, it's crushing the social media and things that they're going through. It is, and in a lot of times, I was actually talking to somebody recently where they equated sex with love. Like, I didn't know how to love someone without having sex with them, and that is again the perception that this world puts out there. Like, if if you really are committed and dedicated to someone, then you're going to go this far with this person, and they don't understand that that those are two different things. You can have love without that, and that. For me, I think was something I struggle with. You know, that's in my relationships, and I always thought that intimacy had to be involved into the relationship, but it doesn't. It, it, it those those things are reserved for for the one you're going to marry. I never, I never d dated for the prospect of marriage. Mm -hmm. I was just dating for the prospect of not being lonely. <laughs> like, right. I, I just wanted to have somebody, um, and I think that's where Tracy's mindset was totally different. Like she had been asked before by guys to to go out with her and st or go out with them and things. But, um, I think her perspective has always been when I date, I'm dating for the prospect of marriage. I'm waiting for the one I feel like I can be serious with and marry. And I, I think that would help, help a lot of people with heartbreak and, and issues in relationships if they just didn't treat it so much like a recreational sport, mm -hmm. you know, it's instead of now we're reserving, uh, dating for marriage instead of just, Hey, I'm just bored. I just want somebody to hang out with. I want somebody to be around. I think that's why most people go in relationships now. Well, and you know, that's one thing that I've through talking with kids and some different things, studying about relationships and everything. Mandy, you probably can talk a little bit about this more from the counselor standpoint. They they're with so many people prior to marriage that they're leaving a little bit of themselves behind everywhere they go. And that's, that is breaking that intimacy mm -hmm. that they could have with their spouse. It, it's like if, if you have so many, so many 
coins in your pocket. If you keep leaving a coin everywhere you're going before long, your, your pocket's going to be empty. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, when a lot of them are making it to marriage, they've almost given themselves away mm -hmm. to so many people that there's not much left. And, you know, and, and we went through a study at church recently to help couples. And it was talking about the intimacy that's supposed to be in relationships and everything. And that's one of the biggest hold that's, that's, that's causing problems is because it, not many people, you know, has true love that waits. Hmm. And it, it, it's so many, anything, Amanda? I, think, I always think about um, an episode of Focus on the Family I heard years and years and years ago. Y'all remember Dr. Dobson? Oh, yeah. Um, he was always great on the radio, but I remember one day in particular, actually I can tell you where I was on the highway because this hit me so uh, deeply when he was talking about this he was talking about he and his wife and and their relationship and um, in in their scenario his wife was the one who was not able to give him that gift of purity when they married and he I believe it the way he explained it his wife um, had had made some kind of statement to this effect that God had kind of shown her that that relationship that was intended to be between her and her husband was like a rope and that rope should be strong just one connection from one to the other but a rope in reality is actually several ropes several twines mm -hmm. twined together and so when we have relationships with other people, the rope that we form between that first person, it never leaves. It stays there. And then we separate our rope to connect with someone else mm -hmm. and then separate it again with someone else, which eventually what's going to happen is your rope is not going to be nearly as strong as it once was. Mm -hmm. And so for her, if I remember what he was saying right, for her, her prayer became for God to heal her rope and strengthen that rope between her and her husband um, to restore that bond. And so I just thought that was a beautiful illustration of, right. of where we are and what happens because, you know, so many times we we make those connections with other people and give pieces of ourselves away that um, were not meant for them, mm -hmm. and it leaves us empty. But... Uh yeah, I think that's a great point and a great illustration that, you know, it's like a good teaching moment or a preaching moment yeah. that you use that with that part because the the strands that are tied to other people, it, it does cause baggage and it causes problems. That rope doesn't look quite the same. Yeah. Now, doesn't mean that that rope's not going to be able to still do a great job or great duty or whatever with that, but, you know, there are... It does cause it, and that wasn't God's plan, but n nor was our actions, me right. not reading my Bible as much as I should or praying as much. That wasn't in His intentions. But I think it's important that kids out there, you know, we do this podcast mainly for a lot of our couples. But, you know, there may be couples out there that's dealing with problems. They can't forget about their, forgive themselves of their past and different things. And so I'm thankful that when we knew that our marriage what we were going to be getting married things that she had done in her past didn't really matter it was kind of different than anything i can ever experience whereas in the past i'd have been like you dated who what was going on you know i can't believe that but something about i had a piece that i can't explain mm -hmm. and tracy i don't know if you kind of had that same piece about it it wasn't yeah i mean i'm sure there was things that bothered you but 
God gave you a piece to be able to move beyond that. He did. Um, I think in the beginning you always kind of wonder, well, if he's more experienced, then, you know, what if I'm, when that time comes, what if I'm not, you know, as good as the people that he's been with or things like that. Or um, I always had people tell me, like, if you don't even sample, like, kissing, you know, what if he's a bad kisser and things like that. Well, obviously I've never kissed anybody before, so he's going to be the best kisser. He I've says ever. he's <laughs> the best kisser in the world. <laughs> Which he loves that. <laughs> I'll wear it proudly. But, I mean, in waiting, it took away the physical pressure that you feel in the relationship and gave us a chance to really become friends. Like, not only do we love each other, but we like each other. Well, and that goes back to the old st- thing about how courtship used to be. Years ago, you you know, they, of course, they married earlier, but they came to the house. You sat there with the parents. You sat there. You talked. They never let the person be alone. Um you know, there was all types of safeguards they had, you know, whether they, so they, the purity, they would sew the, you know, blankets up, different things. <laughs> but the person, they spent time together in a relationship before they were ever intimate with one another. And I think they, that you do form that bond, that relationship and different things. So you were, you were friends before you ever became lovers. Oh, yeah. right. And, you know, I think that's a key. A lot of times people, if we never reach that point, it, because the looks, and we talk about this, we're here now, you know, we're, we're getting older. And things are not the what? same. You yet. are, maybe. I am. Maybe She's you. not. Yeah. Amanda's not. But saying that, you know, we've always heard that before. You know, I don't look the same as I did when we married. I'm losing hair. Well, like at one point, people call I was 6'4 when we first Barbie. married. <laughs> we're far from I was 6'4 when we first married. Now I'm 5'7". Uh, but, uh, yeah, now I don't know who we would be. Uh, if we were Ken and Barbie when we first got married, I can't even think of uh, who, who we would be compared to now. I don't even want to think about it. Um, but, you know, I, I really think that y'all's story is a great story about friends and then how, you know, true love does wait. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I think that's a great point. I To me, I mean, the the story here too is just that reassurance that those things that we desire aren't necessarily what God has in store for us mm-hmm. and being able to look back in the past and Andrew I think you explained it seeing God's fingerprints all yeah. over your life and I mean man how true is that if we look back at our life and see all along the way that God was with us through every part of it. Actually, Tracy and I were having a conversation today, the very similar, and you know, it's it's hard to see our students, our children hurt, um, and the things they go through, but knowing and trusting that God is making something beautiful. He's known from the very beginning what he was going to do. And the scripture I had turned to while y'all were talking earlier is in in Psalms, Psalms 139, where it's talking about being fearfully and wonderfully made um, and being in that womb. And the, the verse that really, really stands out to me just thinking about it is in verse 17. How precious also are there th- are thy thoughts unto me, O God, how great is the sum of them. So before we were ever anything, God was thinking about us. God knew what was going to happen. He knew what he had planned. 
and how hard it is for us to trust in that plan, but how beautiful it is to look back at what he did. And that's awesome. So out of, out of brokenness of your, your mom and dad's marriage, it moved you to a place where you ended up in Panama City and look at the great things that are coming out of it and your ministry that you're in right now and touching lives and the, the bad things that you went through being able to touch. But Tracy, you being able to encourage young ladies and, and gentlemen too that's there. But um, man, I do appreciate y'all sharing your story and we will definitely have to have y'all back again because we want to find out and catch up with about your ministry talking about you know how that some stories and how god's using that and about you ending up in coleman alabama and i know you were in a culture shock but we will definitely want to get you back on and we thank y'all for being willing to share your stories yeah well thank you and uh, we enjoyed it it's it's always good to reminisce and talk about those things and it you know you start talking about it and you just it's refreshing and you reminded uh, reminded of god's uh, goodness and favor and uh that it's always good to reminisce and think it is great and but remember this and this is where sometimes i feel guilty tracy you had parents that were great christians and andrew your you know your dad was like a minister and stuff as well and grandpa and all them your grandpa was a big part of your life mm -hmm. and i've heard that in your testimony but they were praying for your futures. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. What I feel bad for is we have a lot of kids that they have no one praying. They have no one going to God on their behalf. My mom was praying for the Proverbs 31 wife. So that's a challenge to all of you out there. You know, God knows each and every kid, but we need to lift them up. We need to lift up the ones that don't have anyone to intercede for them and to pray for them. And uh, that's why we've got to do a better job. We've got to be able to share our stories to try to reach people because sometimes our lives are what brings someone to know God, not necessarily a church. Mm -hmm. So I appreciate y'all being here. And again, uh, now they got to go to the next step. They got their kids in ball practice. <laughs> so uh, we've been there, done that, but enjoy it because it'll be gone before you know it. All right. Thank y'all. Thank you.